Niners fans, welcome to another edition of the Talking Touchdowns podcast. I am joined, as always, by SoCali Steph. Say hello, Steph. Hey, Tracy. How are you? I'm good. I'm a little tired. I'm good. How are you? I'm exhausted from the last day and a half or two days, whatever it's been, uh, through this whole cap story, but I'm glad to be here. Well, we're, we're glad that you are back with us. And then we are also joined by a very special guest, ESPN's Jim Trotter. Hello, Jim. Welcome. Hi, Tracy. How are you? I am good. I'm very excited that you're on with us today. So thank you so, so, so much for being here. Um, Hopefully you'll feel that way when we're done. <laughs> I'm sure I will. I have, I have high hopes. But, you know, I'll let you know if I feel differently. Um, well, guys, I think we should jump right into it. Um, you may or may not have heard about this Colin Kaepernick story over the last few days, and it has certainly become a national story. It has elicited quite a response. Uh, Jim, I'd like to start with you. What are your thoughts on Cap and, and what he's chosen to do, and we'll kind of go from there. Um, my thoughts are that I'm, I'm kind of disappointed that so much attention is being paid to the form of protest rather than the, the message behind the protest. And that's what's unfortunate here, you know. Look, we can all have our opinions on whether or not standing um, or sitting for the national anthem is right or wrong. Uh, and I have no problem with that. You know, you can go either way you want. But I think what Cap really wanted to get out was that there is a problem in this country in terms of really what he was referring to as almost government-sanctioned murder of people of color. And and the brutality, and for us not to be focusing on that and for us to be focusing on, you know, the national anthem and whether he should or should not sit, um, I'm just disappointed in that because there's a much bigger issue here at play. I I agree with that, Steph. Yeah, 100% agree. It's almost crass when people bring in the military after he has been a you know, basically is, is protesting. And instead of listening to the message that he's trying to send, you know, people are just so quick to take offense and they're so self-righteous. And it's really sad to me that this is where we are in 2016. It just seems that we should be further along than this, but we're not. And it kind of re, you know, it, it makes it more important what he's actually standing for because we realize how far behind we really are as a society. So I 100% stand by Kaepernick in his protest in the sense that you know, he's not only entitled to it, but he's got an important message. And I think that it's uh, getting stronger. And I'm glad that he brought the issue up because we're now talking about it. There has been lots of talk. I think. Oh, go ahead, Jim. Yeah, that's, no, that's, you know, the thing is, though, unfortunately, we're not talking about it. We're talking about the protest and his form of protest. And, and that's, that's what, you know, I, I specifically tried to stay off Twitter on this issue because you have this faux outrage and, and, you know, from people who don't even recognize the national anthem themselves many times when they're at a sporting event or anywhere else. And, you know, but, but right away, without even trying to understand what the message was behind what he was doing, they get upset. And so I tried to stay away and let it go for a few days and say, maybe we'll reach a point where we start to focus on what the reason is for his protest. And here we are, you know, three, four days later, and we haven't gotten there. And I'm not sure we're going to get there because ultimately it's a tough discussion, but it's a discussion you have to want to have. And if you don't want to have that discussion, you know, we're not going to get there. There are a lot of people that don't want to have it. 
just as I always say, if you can't acknowledge that there is a problem in this country, then there's no reason for us to even talk, because that is the foundation of what's going on here, where you have a group of people who feel like that they are being systematically oppressed. And so from that standpoint, we're not talking about that. We're talking about now, now today, the whole thing is about the history of the national anthem and what's behind it and Francis Scott Key, what, who was he and, and what was his meaning behind writing it and all this. And we're so far off topic from what Colin Kaepernick wanted us to discuss that that's where I get somewhat discouraged and frustrated because the reason he's doing it is not what we're focusing on. We're focusing on everything but that. Well, I think you brought up a very interesting point, Jim, in that it's a discussion people don't want to have. And I think it's a discussion that makes people uncomfortable, which I think is unfortunately why people are focusing on the national anthem and what he's doing as opposed to why, because that's it's easier to talk about that. It's a way of deflecting. And that's but that's a major problem because that's why nothing changes. And then you you were smart to stay off Twitter. The things people have said, the comments they have made, instead of discourse, I mean, there are obviously exceptions to this rule and there are people speaking intelligently and there's a discourse, but the majority of people are just saying really bigoted, horrible things about him and about anyone who supports him. And I'm like, do you not see that all you're doing is proving exactly what he's talking about? You're the problem he's talking about, but people don't want to acknowledge that. And um, it's, it's very unfortunate. And I, I agree with you. Unfortunately, this is now becoming about something different than what he's doing. Yes, people are talking, but not necessarily about the right things. We're 100% on that. Cap, uh, Steph and I were talking earlier, Cap has a, a real tendency. He elicits very strong responses from people. And he always has. And it, it's interesting. And I think, Cap makes people uncomfortable, um, and that it, it's it's been interesting to watch that over the last few years. Uh, no, I, I definitely think there's truth to that. I, I think in some ways that Colin is socially awkward, if you will, for lack of a better way to phrase it. He is to some degree a loner. I mean, his teammates will tell you that that for um, many of his years there, you know, he would put on the headphones and he would walk through the locker room and didn't have a lot of interaction with his teammates, or even in the lunchroom. You know, he'd get his food, he'd go sit at a table by himself with his headphones on. And as a starting quarterback in an NFL franchise, you can't do that, you know, or at least you're going to have trouble over the long haul getting away with that. And so, you know, I, I don't know Colin personally to be able to say what's going through his head or those sorts of things, but I do think that, for instance, last year when, you know, during the rookie show, some of the rookies did a skit where, they sort of did a parody of Colin and the headphones walking through the locker room. And he laughed about it, and, and the other players laughed about it when it happened. But sometimes, you know, laughter, um, it, 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 it's sort of, it's like comedy. It, it's, it's a way to, to tell the truth in a way that's not um, offensive to someone, so to speak, where you get a message out in a safe way as opposed to someone feeling like they're being attacked. And for Colin, I, I think when players did that, I think they were sort of sending a message to him that it is a little bit unusual for the starting quarterback in an NFL team, you know, to repeatedly walk through the locker room or, or whatnot with headphones on and, and not engage with other people. So the 
feeling I get from Colin at times is that he, he is somewhat, I use the term socially awkward, and I don't mean to be negative or demeaning with that. I just think there are some people who are more comfortable, you know, um, sort of with themselves, if you will, than, than they are in groups. And do you feel, um, and of course this is years gone by, but I always felt in the beginning when he was given the starting job over Alex Smith, his coach and his GM and his organization wanted him to be quiet with the media and wanted him to be a little more aloof. And they kind of, they cultivated that a little bit. Did you feel that way at all, Jim or Steph? Oh, there's no, oh, I'm sorry. You can go ahead, Steph. Steph, yeah. you go I mean, I, I agree, you know, to a certain extent with you, Jim, because I, I, you know, Kaepernick, my exchange is he's always been super gracious, very kind. He is shy. He is totally to himself. And he does have friends on the roster, but they're all the fringe players. He's not really, like, about the whole popularity thing. And as much as people, like, point to him trying as trying to, like, take the show or take things away from the 49ers... I just don't think he cares as much. And I think that you're, you know, you make a good point as being like socially awkward or not really socially in tune with what he's supposed to do as a franchise quarterback. And I do think that it's, you know, kind of garnished that response from his fellow teammates. But I, you know, I, I think it's interesting um, too, because I do think that the 49ers have always been very hush hush about what you say, what you don't say. There's no question the 49ers under Jim Harbaugh Harbaugh preferred that his quarterback not say much um, in terms of being revealing and whatnot. And he didn't go, Jim Harbaugh in particular, did not go to great steps, you know, to try and get him to be more um, engaging with the media, for lack of a better word. So from that standpoint, I, I think Jim Harbaugh hurt him early in his career. And he hurt him later in his career where, for instance, where Colin was struggling and Jim would say publicly, that Colin was playing great, you know, G-R-E-A-T, great. And the players on the team are looking at it and say, wait a minute, on the one hand, you're telling us we're not playing well, but then you're saying a guy who's struggling is playing great publicly. And by coddling to some degree of protecting Colin, I think he actually hurt Colin to some degree with his teammates. So, um, so I think he has been in a tough position in some ways. But I also saw a guy at one point there tried to change and I remember I went and did a sit down interview with him and I said who is the real Colin Kaepernick he had always been so off putting with the media and then the next week a few days later he couldn't have been more engaging with them and I think people had been talking to him about you know you've got to be more engaging with folks you've got to open up a little bit you know you can't be so um, so I use the term off putting but brisk if you will uh, brusque with them so um I think that that's not common. It's not a guy who wants to open up to show you who he really is, that he's a very private guy, and I think he, he, he's comfortable um, in smaller groups, those sorts of things, and, and unfortunately it hasn't always served him well. I think that's true, um, and we have Steph back now. <laughs> I'd like to turn the conversation, still on Kaepernick, but, but the football side of it. I think, you know, we, I don't know if you guys saw, I'm sure you did the report yesterday from Jay Glazer. He may not even be on the team in two weeks. Um, I, I don't necessarily know that, that that is true, but I think a lot is writing on Thursday night for Colin because aside from this, which I don't think they'll cut him for this, 
even though I think the 49ers are in a bit of a bad position because if they do, and, and I don't say bad like I'm being sympathetic, I just mean it's a tough position and that, that if they cut him, it will look like it's for this, you know, but his play has been poor, I think, as we have seen. Um, and granted, he went on the field the other night. He hadn't played in nine or ten months. Um, and I say this is a big Colin Kaepernick fan, but he looked he looked bad. Jim, do you think if he has a bad night Thursday, are they going to cut him? Uh, I don't know if they would do it right away. They're they're invested in him for what thirteen million or so this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's guaranteed. You know, the question then becomes: if you cut him, who's his backup? The reality is they just have to make a football decision about whether or not they feel he can get to a point that he can be valuable to them because the reality is he is so far behind after missing the entire offseason, missing part of training camp, you know, with these injuries, that he simply has not had a chance to get comfortable in Chip Kelly's system. And the other thing is, as much as people try to say he's the perfect fit for Chip's system, those are people who, who haven't dug deep into Chip's system. But one thing you have to be in, in, in Chip's system is accurate as a passer. Colin is not traditionally an accurate passer. And so unless he can, he can pull that off, um, he's going to have an issue. And so the reality is we know the team hasn't announced it, but we know that Blaine Gabbard is going to start. The question is, do the 49ers believe that Colin can get healthy, healthy, and that he can help them at some point this season. And I would have to say right now, as you look at it, the answer would be no. So will he be cut before the week before week one? I don't know about that, but might it happen at some course at some point during the season? It's always a possibility. And look, I don't you know, I said coming into this year, I didn't think he would be with this team because I thought there were too many hurdles to get over. Not just with the new coaching staff, but also some things that went on with teammates last year. And, you know, and if not for the Broncos wanting the 49ers to pick up part of his salary, he would have been traded. So there's a lot of history there between the two. And ultimately, I just don't see how it works. It doesn't seem to be working so far. Steph, what what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think that there's, uh, you know, I agree with everything you guys are both saying. And it's kind of like a bleak podcast because it's just so sad to see that, you know, the 49ers, you know, basically head to a Super Bowl, two NFC championship games, and then, you know, be at this point, this brink, you know, with their quarterback, you know, and it's, it's not even a competition right now. And I agree that he's so far behind. It's interesting to me that he does have the injury guarantee, and I'm, I'm kind of wondering if the 49ers, you know, want him out there with the possibility that he gets injured on top of it. I don't think they want to pay out at the end of the day. She's absolutely right. She's absolutely right. Because if he gets hurt again, now a salary for next year is guaranteed. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to be under that. So I agree with, with Steph 100% on that. That has to be a factor in this whole decision. And I think it will be, does, will Ch- does Chip Kelly feel like if something happened to Blaine Gabbert, can Jeff Driscoll come in and at least somewhat get the job done at this point? And I think that's where the decision-making will also come into play. Um, what does it say, though, that we're now sitting here talking about if Blaine Gabbert gets hurt? You know? Right. I think that form is exactly how and why I feel about the season of the 49ers. They're just really awful. And 
I I don't I don't have high expectations. You know, I went into this thinking, yeah, Chip Kelly's going to really change things around, and things are going to really, you know, finally they have a football guy. You know, they have a, a coach that can coach, and. But, you know, I was hoping for eight and eight, and now I'm thinking, you know, what exactly, you know, is the distraction here? You know, it's, were we looking at a two and, you know, 12 season or, or two and, you know, it's just or two and 16. I don't even know what to expect at this point. It's going to be know, rough. The issue here is that, look, they play in one of the tougher divisions in the NFL, and, you know, that's where, where it starts with every team. Is how do you fare in your division? What can you do there? And at best, you would say right now, they're the fourth best team in a four-team division. And so it's going to be tough sledding. Look, I think defensively, if we're talking just starters, if everyone's healthy, I think defensively, I think they can play well enough you know, to, to be in games. I think offensively, they simply don't have the firepower, in my opinion, to be able to keep up with other clubs. Um, when you look at the way Seattle played down the stretch in terms of offensively, going to another level with Russell Wilson and now this year getting back Jimmy Graham and getting back Thomas Rawls, they should only be better offensively in that defense for four straight years that has led the league in points against. And then you talk about Arizona, which went to, what, the NFC Championship game a year ago and, and by all accounts has only gotten stronger um, this year with some of the additions that it's made, particularly defensively. You know, and then the Rams go out and get, you know, the first pick in the draft with a quarterback and they should be better defensively, you know, another year in the system, and offensively Todd Gurley coming back for year two. And then you look at San Francisco and you say, where, where are the plays going? Where are the difference makers, you know, as you look at it? And you can't go down that roster right now and say that they're there. And you definitely can't say that they're there at the quarterback position. So that's what, you know, gives you so much pause with this team this year. And what I see is Trent Baalke trying to rebuild this team sort of in the, in the, in the mold that, that Jim Harbaugh had in terms of building it up front first along the offensive and defensive lines and then building out. But right now at the, at the skill positions, I just don't see guys who are going to be difference makers. I don't, I totally agree with you. I don't think there are any difference makers and the wide receiver position really is nothing to speak of. I mean, Bruce Ellington is who we hope to be the number two wide receiver um, if he's healthy. You know, I, like I like Carlos Hyde a lot, but he's got to show he can stay healthy. And he already has a concussion. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it's things like that. There's not a lot of depth on this team. And so that's, you know, as much as they, they, they're in a rebuild mode, even if they won't admit it right now, they're in a rebuild mode. And until they get that quarterback situation in particular figured out, um, it's going to be a tough go for them. One positive thing that I think that came out of the Kaepernick thing was the reports that they seem to unify as a team, as a unit. And what do you think, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, that's great if they did. I I can tell you this, having covered this league for a long time, no matter what they say, there's no way that 53 men all have the same mind on, on something as toxic as this subject. So while they may say they've all pulled together and that sort of thing, not everyone on that on that roster agrees with what Colin Kaepernick did, but they are trying to be good teammates. So from that standpoint, look, you can be unified. That's great. But at the end of the day in the NFL, you still have to have playmakers to win. And again, at the skill positions, I don't see difference makers at this point that are going to be able to consistently get them over the hump 
in this league. Now, they'll win games, some games, but not consistently because they don't have those guys. When you go back to when Colin was successful, one of the reasons, he was successful in my opinion for two reasons. Number one, they had tremendous talent around him, Mm -hmm. defensively and offensively. You know, in terms of the line, Frank Gord running back, Anquan Bolden being able to make plays, and then you look defensively where they were so stingy and the specialists were excellent. And so from that standpoint, you know, it, it was built for him to be successful. But then you also had to look at it that that was year one of the run and shoot and the pistol and all those things. And defensive coordinators had not had an offseason to prepare for it, to study it, to break it down. And once they did, look at all those quarterbacks who had success that year in the pistol and the read option and all those things. Really, only one or two of those quarterbacks now is still successful. And you can make the case that's Cam Newton and Russell Wilson. The other guys have all begun to struggle and have had their issues since then. So I hear people say, well, Colin played well under Jim Harbaugh and and now he's struggling because of the other coaches. Well, no, you haven't studied it. He didn't play well under Jim Harbaugh last year or Harbaugh's last year there. In fact, his numbers were going down each year and Jim Harbaugh hurt him last year because Jim and Greg Roman tried to open up that offense and go with more four receiver sets and empty backfield And that's not Collins' game. He's not a pocket passer. You have to stick with what works. And for Collins, that's a strong running game, a strong defense, and an ability to be able to move the pocket and throw, you know, on the outside. And they didn't do that. And teams now know how to play him. That's 100% correct. Yeah, I, you know, I was kind of like... in a denial. <laughs> I was in denial about that for a long time. And I think that I finally have, you know, come to the conclusion that, you know, he's just not getting better, you know, where I, you know, feel like he's had that opportunity and that, you know, it's just not getting better. And, and the injury certainly doesn't help. The injury doesn't help. The missed time doesn't help. The miss, as Jim said earlier, the missing training camp. But putting all that aside, Jim is right. He has gotten progressively worse year after year and not and look, progressively let say, better. Let me say this, because it sounds like I'm, I'm beating up on him. I hope he gets better. I hope he goes on to have a long career. This, this is not someone that, that I am quote-unquote rooting against or don't like or any of that stuff. I'm just trying to be honest about what I've seen on the field and, and what I've seen with this team. And again, I reiterate, I hope Colin Kaepernick bounces back, and I hope he has a long and successful career. But right now, based on what we've seen, I just don't see where that's going to happen. Nick, Thursday is a big night. Um, I was, you know, last week I thought Friday was the most important game in Colin Kaepernick's career, um, and maybe this is part of my denial too. Now I think Thursday is the most important game in Colin Kaepernick's career. But I really think Thursday is the most important game in Colin Kaepernick's career. Because if he does not perform, even if he doesn't get cut before week one, they're just it's just going to be a matter of time. And I, I think that's the reality. And he did not look good the other night. And it's going to be a hard night for him because I think he'll probably get a lot of boos and it, it, it's not going to be easy. And so can he tune that out and perform on the football field really remains to be seen. Well, but here's the other thing in that game, too. Who's he going to be playing with? 
You know, right. if, if you're Chip Kelly and you're going to rest your starters or protect your starters, he's going to be playing primarily with backups, mm-hmm. which means, and I know he's playing against other backups, but at the same time, you haven't had a chance to really develop any sort of rapport with these guys. Um, some of these guys aren't even going to be on this team when the final cuts are made. So in some ways, it's going to be very difficult for him to look good in that game, knowing that you have those things working against you. And I think that has been a little unfair, and maybe that's not the right word. I would have loved for him to start the other night, but that wasn't my decision, obviously. Um, but And he was with mainly number ones, but if it, I feel like if it was a true quarterback competition, which I think we all know it was not, then after having missed the first two weeks, he would have started the other night. Yeah. I mean, we'll see how it goes. I mean, but, you know, it's going to come down to a lot of things. But, I mean, definitely the 49ers do have football reasons to cut him. I mean, we can't argue that anymore. You know, it's just the reality of the situation. But, you know, we'll see what happens. And I think it's not just about him. I think it's the team as a whole is just really bad. And, um you know, there's even if he was like a spectacular quarterback, there's just no one else to make plays, and he can't, he can't, no, certainly not him can um, carry the team on his shoulders like in years past. No, and I don't think anyone can. And and Jim's right; he was surrounded by so much talent before, which is not a knock on Kaepernick. It's just when you're surrounded by that much talent, everybody's working on all cylinders. And everybody can pick each other up. If one guy has a bad game and you have other guys to pick up the slack, that makes a big difference. Right now, there's really no one, at least on offense. I do think the defense has some potential potential and can be a very young, exciting defense. But on offense, and, you know, like you said, Jim, Carlos Hyde could be that person. But who knows if he can stay healthy? That seems to be a recurring issue. And so that's... Without a doubt. I mean, they always say, you know, the most important thing other than ability is availability. And if you're not available, you're not much good to the team. Yes, you can be the greatest player in the world, but if you can't play, then... There you go. Um, so I think, you know, I think it's going to be... It's going to be an interesting season. It's going to be rough stuff. I mean, a, a week ago, I really felt that Gabbert would start week one, and then the t- there was a real potential for this team to go one and five, and then Kaepernick may have, would have maybe had a chance to start at that point. But now I'm just I'm just not sure. But that was before Friday, and Friday did not look good. And I'm, I'm not talking about the anthem, obviously. I'm talking about his play on the field. It was not a good night. So that's upbeat, guys. So, <laughs> so 49er fans, maybe just don't watch this year. <laughs> let's let's start fresh next year. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but it's, you know what, it may not be upbeat, but it's reality. But I'll say this, I mean, this team could go 5-11 and 11 and still be in an improvement over last year. So I, as, as a fan and as someone who watches and covers the team, I'm looking for improvement. Um, and improvement doesn't necessarily mean 8-8, eight 7-9, eight, but I'm looking for improvement. This was a really, it, they may have gone 5-11, they were a 3-13 team last year. So if I see some improvement on this team, I'll consider it a good season. Agreed. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be rough stuff. Um, but that's why they play the game. So we'll we'll see how it goes. Um, 
Well, guys, thank you both very much for coming on. I'm sure we've lifted everyone's spirits today. Um, yeah, I feel kind of bad now. Well, don't feel bad. I mean, the real sometimes, sometimes you just got to tell it like it is. And I think we all can see the writing on the wall for this season. Um, but I think, you know, it also would really help if this team admitted it was in a rebuilding mode and was truly trying to rebuild. That would also probably... Well, I think they're trying to rebuild. I just think they're not admitting that. So, um, I always say admitting is the first step towards recovery. <laughs> that, is, that is true. You have to acknowledge there is a problem. You have... Yes. That's, that's what I would... I would say, but uh, we'll see how it goes. We'll see what Chip Kelly can do with this group, um, and we'll see. And I will be interested to see week one. I think you're right. I don't think he'll be gone before week one, but it's going to be a real cap watch the whole rest of the season. And I'm not talking about the anthem. I'm talking about the football. So that is what I have to say about that. Thank you so much, Jim, for joining us. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Really appreciate your time. Steph, thank you as always. Of course. Sorry it was so um, down, Debbie Downer today. <laughs> but, you know, we'll see how it goes. But it's just, it doesn't look pretty at this point. No, it does not. Um, all right. Well, everybody, we will talk to you again next week. And hopefully we'll, we'll try to be a little bit more upbeat. And uh, everybody have a, a great week. Happy almost football. Bye. Thanks. Bye.